Welcome to Is This Good? The show where we boldly, conclusively, and scientifically decide what things in this big wide world are good. I'm Matt Austin, and with me, as always, is production powerhouse Jason Doyle. Hello. Hi, JD. Thanks for coming. And the first time I heard about the NBA being covered on the internet, I heard about today's guest. He's written for ESPN, Sports Illustrated, Yahoo Sports, where he hired a young Jay Skeets. I'm not entirely sure that's true, but we're going with it. And now at his Substack, The Second Arrangement, he's got one of the most unique voices on the internet, and one could say his seductively loose writing style is like jazz. Ah, jazz, but tying in more propulsive elements like rock and funk and R&B. That's right, he's the jazz fusion of the NBA world. It's Kelly Dwyer. Kelly, welcome to Is This Good? Uh, thanks for having me on. Thank you for comparing me to that that synthesis of uh, styles that I hold so dearly, and uh, I'm I'm ready to be uh, annoyed at things. Let's go. <laughs> uh, well, speaking of jazz fusion, uh, on the last show when JD and I were talking about having you on, we set the over under for Steely Dan references at two point five. How do you feel about that line? <sighs> uh, you know, I, I just, uh, let's, uh, you know, I, I, I ride captain ride, uh, you know, fly like an eagle, uh, Layla and, uh, uh, Abacab. Ah, was there any in that? I couldn't, I, I don't think there were. So oh, no, no I don't think so. I don't think so. You're, you're good. So, uh, you started writing about the NBA in 1997 and that was, if I, is that 25 years ago on the button? My math on is the bad. Button. On the button. Okay. The, the, yeah. So what do you remember about online basketball writing in 1997? Like, who was there? And in, just in general, what was the internet like? Take us take us on a magical mystery tour. Not a Steely Dan Ooh. reference. No, no, not at all. Uh, uh, well, let's go on an Odyssey and Oracle back to uh, 1997. <laughs> There's uh, you got to dial up that modem, first of all, make that terrible sound. And, okay, what are we uh, talking here? Twenty four hundred baud, baud, some something like that. It was it was definitely you know didn't have the high speed till we got to uh, university. The uh, the funny thing that comes to mind right straight away about that time is how angry and 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 upset Toronto Raptors fans were at <laughs> absolutely everything. They were the touchiest bunch. I saw this early on and adapted. Like I had, I had a career to save. So I, I, you know, I went with them and talked up Alvin Williams and, and, you know, just laughed at what Portland gave up and things like that. Uh, but Toronto, oh boy. And it wasn't your fault because there would be terrible articles from newspaper people, you know, uh, trading Vince Carter for a bag of socks. Uh, 97, 98 was, it was great. It was great. It was the only thing that was available online for free was the New York Post. So that's, you know, all your analysis in terms of news, pop culture, and sports was kind of shaped through that uh, Murdochian uh, 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 prism. And uh, uh, Ru- Rupertonian uh, sense. Lachlan no, that's, S- that's a Steely Dan is? reference. Gotta be yeah, a Steely Dan there. reference. We're getting there. That's one of the gaucho bootlegs. Uh, it was, it was a lot of fun. It was cool. And I'm doing basically the same, you know, the same idea of just quote tweeting something and making fun of it on either side of it was, was, uh, was a phenomenon and, uh, we enjoy the heck out of it. So, well, you just mentioned those angry Toronto Raptors fans, cause that was going to be one of my questions. Were people nicer on the internet in 1997? <sighs> Yeah, I think they were to a degree because just because of the makeup of, uh, you know, I don't really wallow in comment sections because I wrote for Yahoo for nine and a half years. So I, t- I tend to stay away from those things. I suppose they were nice. So there were a lot of terrible emails back then with, with, uh, 
you know, th- th- businesses at the end of it, and or, or you know, dot edus at it. You know, things that today we'd immediately go, uh, you know, let's let's find this person and shame them for saying terrible, nasty things about me. No, the only thing I learned then and now, sorry for making seriously, is just how much terrible stuff women have to go through because no one knew that Kelly was a dude. And, uh, and what a disappointing dude at that when they found out, uh, you know, when they finally saw that photo. And, uh, but before then it was just, oh, what do you do? What do you, what? Just, uh, it was, it was not, not fun. But, uh, no, it was, it was, it's always been bad. It's always been terrible. <laughs> and, uh, if anything, it's, you know, no, I changed my mind on this. It's gotten better because the ability to shame is, is a, is a nice thing. You know, Alta Vista did not have the same options for, for finding someone, but now you have this Google machine and it's terrific. Maybe the comment section was lighter back in the day, but not, the late nineties was the time of sitting down and writing a long, sternly worded email. Now an email is not more than three sentences, but back then, you could just you could go on at your job for a long time. It was like it was like what letter writing was during the war, I imagine. Yeah, yeah, and there were wars. There was again that great Damon Sotomayor, Alvin Williams war, and uh, yeah. Now you have like now it's okay socially to have the option that your phone suggests for you to have a got it uh, reply on your email. You can just tap got it or cool or K. Uh, and you don't even have to write out K. It's Back then, yeah, it was it was a lengthy street, and uh, it it had did have a sense of anonymity because of the AOL situation, and uh, you didn't know where it was coming from. But uh, you know, also back then, the, to, to balance it out, there were a lot more caps back then. Uh, the punctuation, the your versus your versus your stuff hadn't really been sussed out by any of the generations. Uh, to say nothing of there versus there, uh, grammar we grammar hadn't been codified till 1999. No, not at all. And uh, so it, it definitely took. Uh, no, I'd, I'd say it's about even and it's in its in its terribleness as, as I just uh, to go on and on and on about it. The only other thing I'd, I'd bring up is that uh, that just the desperation was there because you had people taking to the Internet for the first time ever. And you realize how sad and angry these Knicks fans are. And how badly you want to actually root for New York to win a championship because there's so many of these people and they're just, it's, it's so that, that wave of desperation, I knew I was diving into the right pool when I mm. started. Well, I would say the desperation on the internet, that's continued the whole way through, uh, up to and including the podcasting boom, which we are participating in right now. Actually, we're post boom. So sorry, we missed yeah. it. Uh, but JD, you were right there in the middle of it all when it was happening. You were too early, actually. Yeah, it was too early. Yeah, but that's fine. You know, you know when you're surfing and you the wave just passes you by. That that's basically us. And then we're sort of still on that the back of that wave. But well, the great uh, regrets of my life is I was uh, standing in line at a uh, since closed hot dog place in Chicago with Jay Skeets and uh, Trey Kirby. And oh, we talking hot dogs? Hot dogs. Okay. And, uh, and in front of us in line uh, was a gentleman with a mustache and a soul patch and a cool pair of uh, jeans and uh, some form of leather coat. And I immediately recognized him as Mark Marin. This is right before the podcast hit. Or it just mm-hmm. started. And I knew about the podcast because I watched his YouTube thing about how to make a steak in your kitchen when you're going through a divorce or something like that. Yeah. And I recognize and, and Trey didn't recognize Keith. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I remember him from Conan and stuff like that. And I could have introduced the two titans of industry who were just this dumb guy was the only thing in between this uh, no dunks the starters the basketball jones and the wtf podcast and i could have 
uh, but I didn't do it. And then later on, uh, we were making the jokes. We all had to stand in line for like 45 minutes for these sausages. And uh, someone says something funny, and Trey goes, aha, you're a real Mark Marin." And Mark <laughs> Marin definitely heard it. He absolutely heard it. And uh, so... When, when there is that crossover, when there is that No Dunks WTF episode, he does have like a beef that mm. is that is there. there. There is It's like that old school WTF where he actually wants to, you know, work something out with you. He's, he's still angry about what Trey said in line in 2004, <laughs> 9, 7 or whatever that was. Well, knowing Mark Maron, he definitely remembers he's definitely still upset about it. Yeah. Um, before we get to housekeeping, Kelly, I've heard some errant um, twangs. Uh, some some notes being played. What are you podcasting with a guitar on your lap? Oh, you are. Okay. <laughs> is that is that like your emotional support peacock? Like oh, you you need oh, to, you want to have your hands on it while you're talking? Hundred percent. I don't think uh, Kelly has ever been on any of our shows without no. a guitar in his hand. I I don't do much of anything if I'm sitting down. I have a guitar. Okay, um, I understand it. I, I, this is <laughs> more, more of a direct thing, but I find like whenever I try to do karaoke, like whenever I try to uh, play guitar and sing, I'm very passable. But then once the guitar is gone and I'm doing karaoke, my voice changes somehow. Like I get uncomfortable. I don't know what I'm doing anymore. Uh, so maybe that's like you in podcasting, Kelly. If we took away the guitar... You'd nary be able to get a word across, but now with with that six string in your hand, you're very loquacious. Oh, a hundred percent. One of my favorite things to do is uh, I see uh, uh, every so often you see a photo of a classic rocker wearing a guitar, and it, it's not. They don't remember Billy Joel playing guitar. Does he play guitar? <laughs> so I always have to look up. And every Mick Jagger, every Robert, uh, the, the guy for Roger Daltrey, Robert, they've all put on a guitar at some point because it's just a nice crutch to have. Yep. Yes, absolutely is. All right, some quick housekeeping. Join the Is This Good Patreon at patreon.com slash is this good. Free trials are now available, so take it for a spin if you want. Grab some merch at is this Send topics for future shows to is this at gmail.com. Subscribe on YouTube. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Always nice to read them, and they help in the rankings. Uh, and Kelly, the premise of this show is very simple. I'm going to give you a topic. You tell me if it's good. Here we go. First topic at Burger Hall Grimms on Twitter asked, "Popping in at someone's house unannounced, is this good?" And I'll tell you right off the bat, Kelly. We poll people on Twitter before the show. People are very against popping in at someone's house. You you just Google or in your case Alta Vista the words. Is it rude to pop in at someone's house? And I mean, you're not going to see one counterpoint. So first, tell me how you feel, and then maybe we can collectively try to like uh, show some benefits for popping in. But Kelly, what's your gut reaction? Is popping in at someone's house unannounced good? Gut is bad because it's <laughs> if if these are dear Abby columns. These are this is I mean Seinfeld talked about it, but if this is these are complaints that date back, you know, pre-war. Pick a war. So. So, yeah, I, I mean, have you ever accidentally dropped in on someone? Have you ever uh, gone to a house on the wrong day of a party? Because I've never. I have. Do you want to tell your story? I'll, I could tell mine. Just a very simple story going to a uh, family for a family gathering, and it was supposed mm -hmm. to be Sunday night. And we showed up on Saturday afternoon and briefly had uh, a small talk in the kitchen about basketball where they stayed, like, in the kitchen, sort of guarding it so we couldn't go, you know, into the thing. And then we <laughs> came back tomorrow. Pretty, pretty inoffensive and, and over, overcomable. What's your, what's your terrible story? 
Oh, mine is way more embarrassing. And uh, JD, I don't know if I've ever told this on the show before, but when I was in law school, um, I had a I had a crush on this girl at law school, and this was early on in school. So you're still meeting everyone. You know, you don't know a lot of people. And she said, "Hey, why don't you come over to my house on Friday? I'm having some people over for a get together." I go, "This is." <laughs> Perfect, because now I don't have to like go up to her cold and ask her out. I'm yeah. better in group scenarios. I'll go in. I'll ra- do my little razzmatazz, Kelly. I'll, I'll bring my guitar. I'll bring the acoustic. Maybe oh, the dobro. And uh, play some Mississippi Fred McDowell. We'll see what goes down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, stuff the ladies like, Kelly. Yeah. And, uh, and, and it'll be great. So Friday shower i go over turns out we lived like just a couple blocks away from each other she lived in an apartment building remember go uh get to the elevator get to her door you know take a deep breath square my shoulders knock uh, knock on the door and then you know you know when you're like nervous and you knock on a door to party you knock on the door immediately step back you don't want to seem too eager you don't want to seem right you don't want when they look through the keyhole you don't want to be right up there fish fish eye lens and uh no one comes to the door and i'm like ah I hate to do this, hate to seem pushy, but I'm gonna have to double knock. Boom. Double knock. Double knock. Still nothing. Now I'm curious, and I don't want to get caught right up against the door, but I quickly go put my put my ear to the door, <laughs> and I'm like, I don't hear anyone in there. And I had waited like a good 15 minutes after the stated time on the uh, oh. invitation because I didn't want to be too yeah. keen. Yeah. Except I was more keen than anyone could possibly be because I now I'm like fucking banging on that thing. She opens the door, hair wet, body in a a terry cloth robe. She goes, hi. I go, hello. I brought this bottle of Wayne and I realize there ain't no one there. And I'm like, oh, shit, I got the time wrong. I'm such an idiot now. Like, I've disturbed her showering, clearly, to get ready for this party. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, sorry, I guess I'm early. I, I live close. I, I'll just go back, come back. She's like, okay, well, you'll have to come back a week from now. And I'm like, oh, ha-ha. Oh. And she's like, no, seriously, it's next Friday. And I'm like, oh, this is very bad. <laughs> Anyways, she invited me in, and I was like, no, 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 I'm going to go. And she's like, no, seriously, I'm just finished getting ready. I'm going out. Anyways, it was very bad, and that's the end of that crushed story. Never happened. I'm not saying that's the reason, but. You know, that's almost better than being, than the party being like two hours later. Because suddenly you're the guy. You know, you meant to be anonymous. You meant to sort of worm your way into her heart. I could have used a better the worm is bad. I apologize. Yeah. To, 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 to joust your way into a heart like the errant knight that you are. And and instead, you made yourself the story of the party. You know, it being a week early, I, I think you got off easy there. I mean, you're not married to her now, but still. <laughs> but, but what party, though? Just me and her being there was no yeah. party. I honestly can't even remember if I went to the actual gathering a week later. I might have been oh, too no. embarrassed and been no, like, you gotta drop out oh, it's it. next Friday? I have plans. Right. Yeah, yeah, you got to change your name and move after that. There's, there's no way. Um, so, but Kelly, you said in your in your opening salvo that the poppin has been a problem pre-war. But I, oh yeah. But in my understanding of life in the fifties, it seemed like everyone was popping in. Like we were just in the neighborhood. 
So was popping in more acceptable? Did it become less acceptable over time because it's now just so easy? Like, even if you were in my neighborhood, Kelly, you could still text me and say, I'm in your neighborhood. You don't need to straight up just knock. Yeah, I, I just don't want to use a writing uh, crutch to, 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 to combine the A and the B and the C stories in a sitcom as sort of a slice of life of Americana in 1958. Uh, you know, those were recession times. You had to stay inside. The Eisenhower recession was real, kids. Uh <laughs> Who is who is never? I mean, the that generation most of all should be should be you know uh, 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 annoyed by the pop in. You know that they're they're dealing with they're coming home from a very traumatic situation. They don't want the knocking on the door. I'm lucky my dog didn't bark right there. It's just not. It has never been a cool thing. It's probably cooler now than it's ever been because if someone pops in, that means they have like a chicken pot pie or some drugs they just got or something that's new and quick and needs to be consumed quickly or something like that. But, but any other reason for it, hmm, this is probably the best time era for a pop-in because now we literally have apps on our phone where we can track our friends and our family and they allow that. We can text them anytime. We know where they're It's It's, you know, if anything, it's due for a comeback. And, and again, I'm against that. No. Well, I think an Eisenhower, Eisenhower era poppin' would have been welcomed. What were you interrupting people doing? Like staring at their radio, listening to Amos and Andy? Like, why, why in old pictures do you always see people listening to the radio, but they're staring at the radio? Like, they didn't even know TV existed yet. So why are they looking at it? You know what I'm saying? Doesn't make That's sense. That's just the sweet me. spot, uh, you know, you know volume-wise. They're, yeah. they're, they're pre-stereo with the mono you had to, you know, so it, it kind of makes sense. You had to concentrate, too, because everyone had that voice back then where you couldn't really understand any of the words. So there's a lot of concentration involved. Reading That's lips true. is huge. Reading lips is huge. I mean, how do these people survive without captions? <laughs> well, if you're listening to this podcast now, take your phone out of your pocket. I want you to stare at your phone as you're listening. See if it increases the uh, the experience. Uh, JD, yeah, hear that. Now you hear that. That actually has been going this entire time, but you didn't hear it until you stared directly at your phone. Um, JD, how do you feel about the pop in it? And maybe now that you live in like a neighborhood, you're established in the in the neighborhood. Does it? make it easier or more likely that you would pop in to your a neighbor or someone would pop into you? Yeah, well, there's no pop-ins happening around here, um, let's be honest. However, I don't mind a pop-in as long as it stays at the stoop. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Like, if stupid. somebody okay. wants to drop by, have a quick chat, drop off a chicken pot pie to me, I'm totally fine with that. Like, Yeah, like uh, vampire rules. Like, if you don't invite them in, they can't come in. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So, you know, and if I'm feeling like it, I could be like, yeah, come on in and have a beer or have a seat right there on my front porch. <laughs> I'll be right back with a couple of beers. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's nice. And enjoy yeah, the and great it, outdoors. Exactly. And then there's sort of like then they then I can just go inside and close the door and then they they leave when they leave kind of thing. But uh, Atlanta is. I mean, I'm sure a lot of a lot of cities in America are like this, but when we were searching for houses, all the older houses had a sitting room, like this extra mm. living room. It's just it's mm. wasted space to me, <laughs> you know, because it's like, but that's what is that what it, that's what it was there for. Now they've all been converted into podcast studios. <laughs> that's exactly filled right. with uh, coat hangers that are only used for hoodies. <laughs> it, is, exactly is a right. sitting room a parlor like? Like in, in an old Jane Austen book when they'd always be like, you know, like, D Dolores, company's over, come play the piano forte in the parlor. Yeah. Is that what a sitting room evolved into? I think so, yeah. 
maybe we need to bring back the parlor. Yeah, that's, parlor. Where, that's where they were playing parlor games, Kelly. That's What's your exactly favorite parlor that. game? No, we, we don't want to play. No one wants to play a parlor game. <laughs> oh, okay. What is, name, name a single parlor game. Name one. Uh, charades. That's a parlor game? Isn't it? I don't know. Uh, what okay, what okay, are you I thinking? Pinochle? Let's pay, let's, let's, okay, we were born in the 20th century. Let's pay at worst Pictionary. Okay, charades. Okay, I'm going to trust Jane over there with her armor. Steve? Steve? That's a, that's a, that's Christmas, Steve? That's what's represent Santa? Come on. Why are you pulling your nose back? That doesn't, yeah. No, uh, charades. No, thank you. Yeah, and they, and they had less things to describe back then. Like, probably after the third game, you're like, Okay, let me guess. It's a grist mill, you know? Like, <laughs> uh, All right, Kelly, so as I told you, people hate the pop-in, and 80% of people on the Twitter poll said popping into someone's house unannounced is not good. There's 20% yeah. of people out there still loving spontaneity, uh, but... Uh, Kelly, let's try that again. I'll say how many people said it wasn't good, and then you play a little lick. Okay. Maybe, like, do you have, like, a not good lick and a good lick? <laughs> Oh wait, okay. That's my bad one. Okay, okay, so yeah, let's go. Okay, right, ready? All right, Kelly, so 80% of people say popping in at someone's house unannounced is not good. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, all right, Josh B asks parody songs. Are they good? So, parody songs, Kelly, are they good? Or as they say on the internet, are they mad cringe? <laughs> <laughs> They're both. And I love them. Every darn one of them. Every, every single one of them. I love parody songs. I absolutely do. Okay, so what's your history of parody songs? We, uh, is it Weird Al or predating Weird Al? Weird Al. It's okay. Weird Al. And then the big wave of late 80s uh, uh, cable television ads for like Brister and Crowley and the country and Western fellas that would. <laughs> I'm laughing right now. Thinking <laughs> Help me make it through the yard. Come on. Well, what's that a parody thinks... of? Uh, uh, Help me make it through my love or something like that. Uh, she thinks I steal cars. <laughs> she thinks I steal care. No, it's she thinks I oh, steal okay. cars. Come on. This stuff is great. I love them. I, it was never to a point where like I had to buy a Weird Al record or anything like that. That's that's you can. But, you know, I remember it still being devastated, curling over in laughter at like age 15, like 10 years after the album came out, reading a Weird Al record and seeing on the back that he had parodied the George Harrison song, Got My Mind Set on You and said it was this song's just six words long. Right. Uh, it, yeah. it's, it's just. If you don't overdo it, it's great. <laughs> We're not even getting into the holiday season, fellas. We're not even getting into the Christmas tunes. There's, there's just, uh, it's. I love it. I love them. I love every one of them. Okay, not to get sidetracked here, but you mentioned this song is just six words long, as in mm -hmm. this song is just six words long. What were the six words? Like, is it this song is just six words long? Is seven words? <laughs> And Long got ago. my mind set on you. Oh, that's what it is. Got my mind set on you. That's six words. Right. right. Oh, that's fucking brilliant. Yeah, he's great. He's tremendous. I wouldn't spend two hours at a concert uh, with all the costume changes. Maybe I would, free ticket. But it's 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 guaranteed to make you laugh. I mean, just remember where you were when you heard Bargold, Noddle, Zouse. 
uh, you know, you're a disaffected kid. N- never Wait, what is, out what for, is like, that? What is that? It's, it's from the, 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 the weird owl doing the smells like teen spirit. And I was like, oh, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're all grunged out. It's like six months after Nevermind. We're all ready to be like, nah, man, this is cool. And then all of a sudden, Dick Van Patten's there slapping around burgers. Oh, parody songs are beautiful. Uh, you, remember that guy from uh, for the in the nineties that used to do the uh, the 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 here comes Clinton and Whitewater too and the, the, that stuff. Come on, Mark Burnett. I, no, or Kelly, that guy's I'm going to say no one. Even the people that are staring at their phones are <laughs> using them to Google what whatever it is you're talking about right now. Parody piano guy, Mark Russell, since passed on. Uh, tremendous. Oh, You'd be on like on guy, C-SPAN. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, you know, like combining Yankee Doodle Dandy yeah. with uh, John Sununu jokes, and to me, <laughs> what is better? Oh, what is greater than I, I knew? I knew we were. I knew we were in for some oblique references, Kelly. But we're we're hitting them all. all. Uh, do you think that the internet has ruined the parody song? Because in a way, I think it has. Like, of course, like most people, I think of Weird Al when I think parody songs. But now. For every Jewish holiday, like let's say Hanukkah's coming up, I'm gonna get the same forward from my mom, my aunt, mm-hmm. my other aunt, Aunt Marla, probably Aunt Karen too, <laughs> maybe even Aunt Felice, and they're gonna be sending me uh, something by uh, a band called the Maccabees, and the song's gonna be called yes. Candlelight to the tune yes. of Teo Cruz's Dynamite, and it's gonna yes. be like, I flip my lockers in the air sometimes, singing Ayo, spin the dreidel. You know, like, enough. And there's gonna be one of those for Passover, maybe even one of those for Shavuot. I'd listen to that song eight nights in a row. I, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Do not get enough of it. Uh, uh, but, you know, like, so guy, this guy, Josh, that sent me this email, the reason that inspired him to send the email was he was like, I just came across this song about gardening to the tune of Ants Marching. So, of course, I have to click on it. And it's just like this guy and he's going like sing. He's playing guitar while his wife is in the foreground gardening, you know, Mm -hmm. and he's going, she wakes up in the morning. Time to clean out the weeds. They are growing. And I'm like, I don't know if I need this. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) no one does. No one. No one needs that. Uh, that is JD? the that is the most palatable Dave Matthews band I've heard in years. I would listen <laughs> I think to that. That's better. It was Way better than sooner Dave than I'd ever listen to DMB. Sorry, I graduated high school in '98. I got hit over the head with a lot of DMB. Okay, oh, so gardening gardening takes on that 25 years later is fine for me. I've mellowed. It's bring them all on. I can listen to them <laughs> once and never have to think about them again. Uh, JD, what about you? Is it, does it go back to Weird Al for you? It goes back to Weird Al for me, but I, I'm down on parody songs. I'm like you, Matt. I think that the internet has ruined them. Here's my history with Weird Al. I used to listen to Dr. Demento religiously. I'm a little mm-hmm. bit older than both of you guys. I'm a lot older than Matt. Uh, and Dr. Demento, come on uh, uh, Sunday evenings on Chum FM and back oh, in Toronto. Wow. Cool. And uh, I would listen to it. Uh, it's like a two-hour show. And Weird Al featured prominently this is back when he was just on an accordion um but there were he dr demento had it was just all comedy songs some of them were parodies weird al was obviously but the first song i ever heard from weird al was yoda which is a parody on lola Mm -hmm. but i didn't know that i thought that was an original and i thought this is the greatest song i've ever heard and then i heard lola and i'm like which is 
also kind of a parody song, or at least there's a story there with a punchline, right? Yeah. Like, and it's just, it's a also way funny. better song, clearly. Um, but so it kind of ruined Weird Al for me a little bit. And when, when Weird Al started doing like full on, you know, I'm fat, I'm fat, I know it, you know, if the, the with the video and stuff, it was all very impressive. It would be like, hmm, yeah, that's funny. You know, eat it, eat it, you know, that kind of thing. It just kind of, I was just like, okay, this is kind of clever, but I never I found it. it hilarious or anything like that. Not like I thought Yoda was when I thought it was an original. <laughs> because back back then there was like Barnes and Barnes and uh, I can't, I'm blanking on them all, but there are, you know, like Fish Heads, Fish Heads, Roly Poly Fish Heads, you know, like that's an original tune. It's fucking weird as hell. And I love that shit. But uh, the actual parody songs uh i don't love them especially in sports in the sports world like oh yeah um, well nothing you know. is funny about sports yeah when sports exactly. gets into it it's not funny yeah so that's my that's my take but i do have a very very much a soft spot for weird weird al but that so, so you haven't laughed at a funny song jd since like uh hello mother <laughs> hello father <laughs> now that's a classic that that's was always that was in heavy rotation on Doctor yeah Zimmer. sherman had some good I had that song on a fun rock compilation I had when I was a kid <laughs> that I had to have after watching Pee Wee Herman do the tequila dance. Oh, my parents bought yeah. oh, yeah. they, had, they had four LPs to fit up, so Hello Motto, Hello Father. And you go into it, and you're like, you know, I'm in the middle of Itsy Bitsy Teeny Weeny Bikini. I'm doing the twi You know, I'm yeah. having a good time uh, rocking out. I don't want to yeah. stop for this pointed satire of, of a sleepaway camp that I have no knowledge of. <laughs> but you're midway into the song, and you're like, this is the best. I love this guy. This guy is a nut. It was a tremendous <laughs> compilation, and uh, tequila. I mean, what's better than that? But yeah. yeah, the the blend of the weirdness of like that is it a parody, and then you get into the icky this century stuff of like Weezer having to have a joke in every video, and you know, okay, go jumping on treadmills, and no, the the straight up, let's give the original songwriting credit and make a goofy joke that'll make a ten year old laugh. I can't get away from it. All right, Kelly. Well, get the get the sweet, happy little good riff ready because sixty-seven percent <laughs> of people say parody songs are good. Mm. <laughs> yep, <laughs> that one. <laughs> that one works for me. Kelly, as I'm sure you know, not everyone is going to agree with everything you say, but sometimes when you believe something deeply to your core, you have to stand alone on the edge of popular consensus. It's time for Unpopular Opinions. So, these topics are from the Unpopular Opinions subreddit, but if you have strongly held beliefs that most people disagree with, email them to me at isthisgoodpod at gmail.com. All right, Kelly, so this first one is from a character named Spice Boy, who says, it is absolutely fine to do the bare minimum in high school. All right, so he, uh, he or she continues, I am almost done with high school, and Jesus, I absolutely regret my mentality when it came to being a good student. Here's some advice from someone who is nearly done with high school. Skip class, don't do your homework, and ignore assignments. And I will say that assignments is spelt wrong, so I don't know. <laughs> uh, nobody gives a shit about your grades. Just pass and you'll be fine. Do the absolute bare minimum. Disciplinary, discipli disciplinary actions in my country, in brackets Luxembourg. We'll come back Whoa. to that. Okay. We're, we're in the Benelux region? Okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> Instead of torturing yourself with shitty lessons, go hit the gym or go for a walk or something. So, Kelly, do you agree with this unpopular opinion that it's absolutely fine to do the bare minimum in high school? I mean, is it unpopular? I, I, that was certainly the case in my high school, which somehow managed to graduate. You know who my high school graduated? Axel Rose. Okay, so oh, it's, wow. you know, it, 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 that my whole, my, that is the, if, can you imagine him doing anything more than the bare minimum? Is he, maybe, but, but Axel, no. <laughs> Do you, is there, was there any lore at your high school? Like, oh, this story about what Axel did in the gymnasium? No. Nothing? No, no, and I came post, I, you know, I was only there for the last couple of years, and it was definitely in the Chinese democracy era of where is Axel. Uh, and I was certainly, as a Juju Hounds fan, very interested in any Izzy Stradling lore they wanted to pass along to me. Uh, but no, it was not like, you know, this is the place where he's, you know, caused a fire in the linoleum when he's trying to smoke two cigarettes. Oh, no, it was none of that stuff. Right. It was, it was uh, let's wear blind melon shirts and weep about Shannon Hill. Oh, man. Love Blind Melon. Uh, well, I, I think that it's it's maybe popular for students that are in high school being like, fuck this. But I think the parental advice is the opposite. It's like, you got to try. You got to set yourself up for success in high school because then that's going to set you up for success in college, which is then going to set you up for success in life. Uh, but uh, JD, you know, what do, what do you tell your kids? Would, if they said it's fi fine to do the bare minimum in high school, would you say, yeah, you're kind of right? Or... No. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I basically had this conversation with one of my kids the other day, and it was – I do agree with this, I, this mentality. If Some kids are just not cut out for it in a way. Do you know what I mean? I do. I do know what you mean. <laughs> it's a very narrow set of skills, especially in this country where they teach to the test. My advice to him was, you know, all I all I expect from you is to go out and try shit, like try stuff and give it your all. But part of the problem is that I know he's smart and I know if he just hands in his assignments and the bar is very low here, he'll pass and he'll get decent marks. But uh, I see a lot of kids just throwing away, not throwing away, but just spending a lot of focused energy because they want to get into Harvard where 70,000 people apply and statistically speaking you're you're not going to get into Harvard but you'll probably get into a decent school anyways so there's i think there's too much uh um emphasis on doing well in high school when there's so much other things you could be expanding your mind doing and i'm not talking about drugs i'm talking about you know learning an instrument or playing a sport or all of the all of that stuff to become a well-rounded individual and this is not a funny answer it's just a, a sincere answer this is an uh, answer from a dad from a dad yeah you care and i having said that i have another kid who just took a, the sat he got a great score like where he's like shit maybe i can go to harvard or whatever <laughs> you know wow, so. you're, jd your kid doesn't want to be an investment <laughs> banker i don't think he needs to go to harvard um the, the one addendum i would add is this guy's like yeah fuck school don't torture yourself with shitty lessons. Go hit the gym or go for a walk or something. I mean, I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know about that. Up at what they're doing up in Luxembourg, uh, but uh, I would I would say not go to the gym or go for a walk. But I mean, do those sure. But read. Be curious. Yes. Be obsessed with something. Honestly, that is a big regret from high school. I don't feel like I loved comedy. I loved music, but I wasn't. I wasn't as obsessed. As I should have been at the time when I all I had was time to like really I mean granted we didn't have the internet but certainly people did it before then 
digging deep in the record crates and like watching, you know, uh, a Seinfeld routine a hundred times or like transcribing SNL sketches to learn how they're made. Right. You know, like be obsessed with something that that is uh, a big regret of mine uh, from high school. All right. Next topic. Love this name. Obelisk bitch. Obelisk bitch. <laughs> Their unpopular opinion. Couples should not share a blanket. They should each have one smaller blanket. So they continue. Every couple that share a bed should have one smaller blanket each instead of sharing a large one. Now they wrote the pros and cons. So to start, Kelly, I'm going to read you the pros of having one blanket each and just make a maybe make a sound or do, do a quick interjection of how you feel about each of these as a reason for having one blanket each. Okay. First one, you can choose the thickness of your own blanket, meaning you don't have to compromise uh, with something that's too hot for one of you or too cold for the other. Sensual. Yeah. Okay. So you, it sounds like you agree with that one. Yes. Okay. Uh, you don't have to battle with each other for the blanket during the night. So you don't agree with that one. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, you can choose your own duvet cover and can get something in your own style. <laughs> duvet cover? Okay. Uh, you know, this, do you not have again, a duvet cover? Is this cover? again from the Benelux region? I do. Somewhere. Wedding gifts. I don't know. We found it on the side of the road. If I knew what it was, I'd probably <laughs> cop to it. But what, So what do, you, what do you have on your bed out of curiosity? Uh, uh, several thousand blankets and, and animals and, and my wife. It's, yeah, it's okay. So if that's what your partner wants, or if that's what you want and you want to talk it out with your partner, sure, build it up, build it up. But rules change. Also, circumstance changes, whether you're on a third floor, whether you're in a house, whether you're in a ranch, whether you have to move to Omaha for some reason, like that guy from Friends. You know, the, 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 the heat, <laughs> the humidity, this is all going to move around. You're going to grow. Some At some point in your 20s, you're going to become a blankets off your feet guy or gal. Mm. Uh, you know, it's all out there. It's all part of growing up. So I don't, just don't want to make rules about it. <laughs> I don't know why that started sounding like a Blink-182 song. Uh, okay, what about this reason? Your partner won't be getting your, fa your farts all over their body. I mean, did they not take road trips together? Is, is, <laughs> are we not sharing a, 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 not trying to make a joke, but the Brown Line train in Chicago together? It's, it's, it, there's going to be sharing. <laughs> I don't want to say that F word again, but there's that that that, that stuff is going to happen. You're going to have to get used to it. Yeah, I mean, butt okay. to butt is going to happen. I, I've had the same partner for for coming up on 17 years, 18 years. Uh, you know, if it's you, you you learn to love that stuff at some point. Uh, all right, well, Jenny, let me hit you with some cons. What do you think? <laughs> First one, slightly more expensive. Uh, no. What do you mean? No, it's it's true. It is more expensive <laughs> to have two blankets. Slightly more. Like, well, I would say it's double the cost. Is it like if you have a king size bed and? Oh, okay, you can, I see what you're saying. Sure. Yeah, okay. Well, it's, I would say it's minimum blanket. one point five the cost. Okay, worth it. I think yeah, worth it. Oh, so you're in on the two. I'm the two totally blankets. in on it. Oh yeah. We, <clears> we do you have that configuration? We have a light comforter that sort of goes over the entire bed that we both share and then mm -hmm. she has uh, the thousand blanket kelly dwyer uh 
plan on her side of the bed because she's always cold. And right, I just right. stick with my regular blanket. But sometimes I'll just push that aside and bring in my own blanket because, you know, I want it even lighter. And What's the cuddling situation then? Oh, uh, you know. Um, padded. Very padded. Uh, it's a, yeah, there's a... <laughs> You know, we start sometimes start off with a little bit of cuddling, but I can't take it. It's too hot. Like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I can't, and I can't have my body in that position. Like it's just, I'm I'm getting older. Like I can't, I can't do it. <laughs> I need my too sleep. old to cuddle, JD. Nah, it's not not that. It's like you know, you, you you cuddle for a bit, and then you then that's enough. That's enough of that. This one is is near and dear to my heart. Which ad five seven eight seven says it's annoying when people ask. What are you doing tonight? Instead of inviting you off the bat. So they they gave an explanation, but I didn't think it was all that clear. So I'll do my explanation. So thought experiment. I want to go out, but not in a vacuum. It's got to be the right plan. Otherwise, I'm happy to just stay at home, right? Mm -hmm. If it's a great plan, I'll happily leave the house. If it's not, I'm staying here. So you call me, Kelly, and you say, what are you up to tonight? So here's the bad scenario number one. I say, eh, nothing. And you say, perfect, let's do X. But I really don't want to do X. Now I have to make up another excuse why I can't do it. Or say I don't like your plans. Because, you know what I mean? I'm, you're like, all right, let's go to the this bar. And I'm like, fuck, I hate that bar. Hmm. And I go, oh, sorry, I can't. You said you, say, you said you were doing nothing. Why can't you come? All right, so that's yeah. bad scenario one. Bad yeah. scenario number two, I get scared that you have a bad plan, Kelly. So yeah. I just right away, you say, what are you doing tonight? I say, I'm busy. Then you say, oh, that's too bad because uh, our old buddy Mark Marin's in town. We're all going to go to hot dogs uh, and hang there. We're and now get some links. We're going to line yeah. up for some links. Me and the fellas, we're going to get some links and butts. Uh, now I, I'm going to have to either miss that because I already said I was busy or lie and say my thing that I said I was busy with is canceled. Now I look like an idiot. And then, of course, bad scenario number three is you call me, you say, what are you up to tonight? I say nothing. And you say, cool. Could you come over and help me move? So just tell me what the plans are first. Don't say, what are you doing tonight? Kelly, agree or disagree? I agree. You can't help it the way you posited. But I I will make one claim for the person who is asking, what are you up to tonight? To me, that person is coming from not so much an insecure place, but just a, a respectful place that you might already have tickets to that. Uh, 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 hot dog fest that you may have something else going on some sort of sporting event something cool we think you're cool and our lowly come on over we've got Harry Hamlin back there something you know like we don't know if that's going to stack up I don't know how into LA law you were (laughs) more of a clash of the titans man myself okay so it's it's to me it's coming from a you know it's it's not quite timid but it's again more of that Ann Landers thing where it's like you just I just wanted to run by this and if you just wanted to see I don't know I'm doing gravel voice but yeah it's a, it's a it's a we're not worthy situation to me I don't right. think it's a I'm going to trick you into hauling my couch or I'm going to try to one up you because I know will I am and it's it's just a uh, you know your stuff is probably cooler than mine why would you want to do it anyway but if you wanted to I definitely have tickets to a rooftop party and Bob's going to be there. <laughs> uh, all right, well, <laughs> I think that's that's about as good an explanation as you're going to get. Um, oh, Kelly, yeah. final segment. I'm sure you know this. We've talked about the internet before, but it's full of people trying to tell you how to live your life. And it's time to decide if they know what they're talking about in a new segment called, Is This a Good Rule? 
So today's rules come from a book called uh, 1001 Rules for My Unborn Son by Walker Lamond. Uh, the reason I'm asking you, J.D. and I tackled a few of these questions a couple weeks ago. Uh, it's not worth getting into why we were talking about it, but basically we had talked about this like 15 years ago, forgot about it, rediscovered it, talked about the rules with the uh, added experience we have now with life. So I'm going to throw some at you. We can go through these kind of rapid fire. Just give me your gut reaction. If a street performer makes you stop walking, you owe him a buck. Is that a good rule, Kelly? Sure, sure. I'm not always going to have a buck, so that's going to have to be a symbolic karmic buck. And I'm talking as the guy that will drop a fiver. If you show me a tenor saxophone and a case, I am empty in my pockets. So, yes, I agree. So if you hear if you're getting off the subway and you hear someone playing Careless Whisper, you're reaching for your wallet. Oh, absolutely. Have done it. Uh, uh, you know, personal favorite is the Blue Line to O'Hare. Just the echo in those chambers. Not a lot of New York City experience, uh, but yeah. Oh, you tenor saxophone outside a basketball game? Just take it. <laughs> but my my question is, what if we're stopping because it sucks? Like we're stopping in a car crash sense. Do we still owe him a dollar? If you have cash on you, yeah. I mean, like, where's that going? You're going to buy yourself some, some Twizzlers at the vending machine later? No, you don't You don't need that. That's, is it strawberry? Is it cherry? No, no. Give it to the guy who made you, gave you a story. Something. Okay. You can write it off later. Sell, tell it on a podcast. Uh, but, J.D., do you think we're when we give a dollar to a street performer, are we rewarding talent? Like, wow, they've really played a good tenor sax? Or are we rewarding need? Like, that guy looks... You know what I mean? Like he's a little strung out and he needs it more than the guy with the Stradivarius violin. Right. Um, I, I like to think it's talent, but it is definitely sometimes need. It is pity. There's, I'm throwing pity bucks at people a lot. To me, yeah. it's hustle. Not, not, ta- I mean, they all have talent. We're not going to like print out the, the, like, okay, so they're basic players. But to me, it's the going out there and setting up yeah. the hot dog stand and getting it going. That's why I'm buying from you and setting off you. You know, God. Especially outside sporting events, just they're 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 shutting down on the bootleg sellers, and it's just something I love to see. Whether it's apparel or or vintage jazz instruments or uh, del- again, delicious sausage links in a bun. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not sure it's only talent because, like, you know, there's a video that goes viral every few years, and it's like we we clubbed world-renowned violinist Itzhak Perlman over the head kidnapped him and threw him into the subway station at 86th Street, and we made him play violin, and no one noticed! <laughs> you know what I mean? So, uh, all right, next rule here. Uh, never leave someone hanging on a high five, no matter how painful. Kelly, is that a good rule? Oh, yeah, absolutely, because you're in charge of what you throw up there. You could be a pound, you could be like, you could do a look-away shade sort of throwing deal. I mean, you can make it an ironic high five, but you can't leave anyone hanging, not in this country, not in any of North America that I'm aware, maybe in the Benelux region, but certainly not here. <laughs> so so if you're out late at night and there's a bunch of drunk folk pouring out of bars and one of them's like, yo, man, party up tonight and puts their hand up, you're high-fiving that hitting guy? It, hitting it, hitting it. You ever done you're a backwards high-five? You ever done the back of a hand thing as a joke? No, That's, I don't even oh, know. Come on, come on. You're always coming out looking like the 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 you know the to the Jim Krasinski character in that situation. <laughs> You're always the one you know arching an eyebrow and, and coming out the winner. So yeah, absolutely. Let the bro be the bro, and you can still come out smelling like yourself. You're not going to come right. out smelling like Axe body spray. You're still going to be Matt <laughs> at the end of it. 
Uh, okay, I got to disagree with you on that one. Gross germs on your hand. Um, I have called. I've called that uh, the sarcastic high five or the patronizing high five. I don't. I don't go for it. But we're gonna have to disagree on that one. Kelly, next rule here: If you're staying more than a night, unpack. Good rule. Oh yeah, yeah, tremendous rule. Because you don't. You know, it's just the. Uh, I had kept the dirties on the left side and the clean ones on the right side of the same. No, just unpack. Just even if you got to put your toothbrush on a dresser, just just do it. Unpack. Okay. I'm not saying I do it all the time, but it's you know right. it's the best way. I would say that it's it's one of those counterintuitive things. It's actually easier to pack it up when you're leaving if you've unpacked than trying to like get the stuff you've worn in with the stuff you've bought and and, and you know cram it all in there. Plus, you got 36 hours of where's my contact lens solution? Where are those gummies what? I brought? Yeah. I thought I had trail mix. It's just you know you don't want that stuff mingling with your white shirts. It's just yeah, unpack. Okay, next rule: wash your own car. Is that a good rule? Oh, 100%. Talk about your walk in the woods, your trip to the gym. Go to the place that gets the all-you-can-eat buffet and just spend an hour vacuuming that thing. No one's talking about washing it yet. No one's sprayed a lick of water. <laughs> just vacuum. Oh, this is this is car foreplay. Oh, absolutely. And you need it. Sometimes that gets the job done. You don't need to wash. You can just, yes, vacuum, wash, do the wax Obviously, don't take it to the to the to the chain places and have you know. No one's using the same washcloth here. You don't need to use the brush. You don't need to bring your own. Don't be like that weird guy. You, you're not wearing driving gloves, so why are you why are you going in there and bringing your own brush and your own equipment to the wash? Use their stuff. Use the shared stuff, but take your time. Pretend you're in California. Save as much water as possible, but just luxuriate and genuinely wash underneath your car with that hose uh, if you live in a town that gets really uh, salty winter conditions. <laughs> okay. Well said. La last one here. Well, JD, you, do you don't wash your own car, do you? Hell no. <laughs> what do you do with all your change? <laughs> Where do you take those ten dollars and quarters? The arcade? Oh, I, I would say that, that style of car washing is not very popular in Atlanta, or at least I don't remember seeing it. Like they're super popular in California, where you just drive into your own little sort of tunnel. Yeah. You put in the quarters. You got a vacuum, and you got the hose. I don't, I don't really yourself. remember seeing those in Atlanta. There's one pretty close to us, but the vacuum is just awful. Like it barely sucks anything. So mm, that's, for, it's that's, a it's a Dyson or it's nothing for JD. Exactly, exactly right. Um, all right, Kelly. There's only one thing left to do, and that's play subjective trivia. So subjective trivia is just like regular trivia, except only I know the answer. But today we've done this before, spinning it on its head. It's objective trivia. That means there is a right answer because today's question is, which one of these is not, I repeat, not a Weird Al parody? Okay? Okay. All right. Here we go. Going to give you four options. Option number one, Butterball. To the tune of Wonderwall by Oasis, about a Thanksgiving dinner gone wrong. Option two, Foil, set to the tune of Royals by Lord, about, of course, leftovers. Option three, Tacky, to the tune of Happy by Pharrell and T Justin Timberlake. It's unsurprisingly about a guy who's tacky. And finally, option number four, Grapefruit Diet to the tune of Zoot Suit Riot by the Cherry Poppin' Daddies. And that's, of course, about dieting. 
<laughs> so those are your four options. Butterball, foil, tacky, or grapefruit diet. And because there is a correct answer, Kelly and JD, I want you to lock eyes and talk it out and come up with what you think is the correct answer. Uh, well, Kelly, Grapefruit I, diet is really funny. It is funny. And Matt Austin is really funny. Yeah. That's my instinct is that grapefruit diet. Yeah. Yeah. And and I'd like to thank him for not uh, cribbing from the youngin. Because remember the classic youngin headline of uh, a Weird Al trying to make uh, my Vita Loca, uh, my Mocha something uh, parody <laughs> when uh, Ricky Martin came out. That's just classic last century youngin stuff for you kids to look up. Uh, yeah, I think the grapefruit, grapefruit diet is perfect like yeah. weird al's gonna go through a, a you know a brown rice phase oh I, lo I love that that just screams of matt austin genius to me i think is yeah. that one i'm with you great for okay now did, did any of these strike you as like right away like that's for sure a weird al song or i've heard of that song i'm pretty sure i've heard tacky okay i i uh, you know boy scout i can't really recall any of the three I, I mean, tacky sounds so benign that it has to be real to me. Right. It okay. sounds so, you know, that's more of a video joke than it was the actual, you know, I'm fat. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Classic yeah. like that. Before, before we get to the answer, before I reveal the answer, um, speaking of Zoot Suit Riot by the Cherry Pop and Daddies, uh, Kelly, as a music man, how did you filter and experience the swing revival of the late Hated night? it. Hated it. <laughs> because I had a buddy because it's like, you picked the wrong jazz. You got the wrong jazz. You shouldn't have done the other jazz. <laughs> Uh, so did you have a favorite between the, the Cherry Poppin' Daddies, the Squirrel Nut Zippers, Big Bad Voodoo Daddy? I didn't mind any of them. Like, genuinely didn't, because they were all playing in the same, uh, you know, uh, uh, frat parties and stuff like that with the Brian Sets Orchestra, uh, you know, and we were ready for it. My dad bought a Louis Prima CD this, uh, the summer before it all hit, so I loved all that stuff and didn't mind it. But when it kept going, and also, I, you know, they were kind of aping my wardrobe. I had the V-neck shirts and the old 60s things and the khakis, and all of a sudden everyone saw swingers and they're all dressing like kd over here i had to switch it up uh no i had no problem with it but i just remember my my buddy drew lawrence in my ecology he's a it's a, a sports writer for the guardian now just going you picked this was supposed to be the jazz that we chased away and you got it wrong you just you can <sighs> it was very upsetting it was very upsetting but uh you know what am i gonna say 1998 was a lot of fun i have to i have to say i have a soft spot for the squirrel nut zippers I feel like they had a little more Zydeco in them. Mm -hmm. uh, just so they brought a little more flair to it. That song, Hell, the one that was like, In the afterlife. I thought that was... JD, what were you... Were you in Greece during... Did you miss it? No, no, no. This was 96, 96 97. 96, yeah, yeah. No, no, I was, I was full-on bowling shirts and uh, all that. Oh, you were? Did you learn yeah. to, to swing Rachel around your body? No. No, no, no. I, I was more into the ska revival, like the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones and that kind of thing at, at right. around the same time, or maybe it was post that. But uh, yeah, I got into swingers a little bit. The best thing about it was like we were all drinking martinis and smoking cigars all of a mm -hmm. sudden. You know, that was the most fun part about it. <laughs> and playing yeah. NHL 94. All right, let me reveal <laughs> the correct answer. And unfortunately, you are both wrong. <laughs> Thank you for having such faith in me that I could come up with something as funny as grapefruit diet. It's very but good. the correct answer is butterball to the tune mm. of Wonderwall. Never happened. 
Because he hates Oasis too, I guess. Yeah, maybe. But <laughs> Foil uh, set to the tune of Royals by Lord, a real song. Yeah. Real song. About and leftovers. We'll wrap it in foil. <laughs> wow. Foil. And of course, Tacky. We can all see how that would go to the tune of Happy. Don't Didn't need to FDA sing that one. FDA say stop wrapping things in foil in, again, 1958 or something like that? It's like, could we have not... St- that's that might be a put i'm gonna have the flea reaction to to weird al in that one i'm gonna go oh, not his best work mm. okay we remember well, that behind the music with with flea showing up unshaven so weird al's behind the music to go i didn't like the flintstone song and then that was the extent of the interview probably <laughs> the only oh, day in his life remember where flea that. hasn't been this exuberant wonderful character that we all love and adore even if we're not huge fans of his music we're still like flea we love that guy and then he just has one bad hungover day where he shows up so like, yeah, I didn't really like it they did a bad job the Oasis can I ask you is there and JD that is a RHCP fan but is there truly any difference between Anthony Kiedis going ding-a-dong-dong ding-a-dong-dong and Weird Al in that song going yabba dabba do da da like it's it's the same thing or he was going yabba dabba 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 do now also he incorporated under the bridge and give it away in the same song oh that's right and here's the difference weird al was in tune i know i've made that joke before but oh hey now uh all right kelly that's the show why don't you tell people where can find where they can find you and tell them about the second arrangement and here's a great time for you to make a steely dan reference is does that push i think that puts us at two Oh, what so, was the? Oh, yeah, you said I, something I, about Gaucho. Yeah, the Gaucho demo. So you know, if it, if something slips during this, it's going to tilt the action. I'm going to be like uh, <laughs> some NBA reporter tweeting about the. Uh, you can reach me <laughs> at tsa.substack.com, and for five bucks a month, you get uh, Kelly Dwyer columns all about basketball and weird old NBA stuff and old videos that are hilarious and a bunch of goofball stuff that no one else is putting out there. Uh, and it's a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, tsa.substack.com. It's named after a Steely Dan song uh, that just Ding. recently had a uh, 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 a revival online uh, about a very sad gentleman. And uh, listen, I'm not trying to go too much to my old school on this, but I think it's a, sort of a throwback <laughs> way of writing <laughs> blogs and newsletters and emails that you really enjoy. You really reeled in the bit there, Kelly. Uh, remember to check <laughs> no, us out. No, that was Boston. Pretty sure that was Boston. Well, I was doing reeling in the years. No, that's a Boston song. No, it's oh, I get it, I get it. So, so no, you, wait, that you, is the idea. That is the idea. Oh, okay. I, I thought okay, you were yeah, saying because. Yeah, a lot of Dan heads say, you know, can't buy a thrill. That's not truly Steely Dan. Oh, those those Dan heads have not taken in the supreme majesty of Walter Becker's uh, background vocal appearance on Turn the, the Heartbeat Over Again, or The Wind Chimes Throughout, or, or uh, 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 listen, read the Tristan Fabriani review on the back cover of Can't Buy a Thrill, and, uh, and in, enjoy the sonic goodness of a band that could not wait to fire their lead singer because he split his pants on stage. <laughs> Okay. His name is David Palmer. Then he yep. went on to co-write Jazz Man with Carol King. Okay, Kelly, I was I was going to say all that, but thank you for doing the dirty work. Huh? Yes. Okay. Remember, check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash isthisgood. If you have topics, email us at isthisgoodpod at gmail.com. Remember to rate us on Apple Podcasts, subscribe on YouTube. Kelly, as I'm doing this final sign-off, you, you want to play some chords, some nice uh, arpeggios or something? Whatever you feel works best here. Thanks for listening. Thanks to JD. Thanks to Kelly for coming on. Thanks in advance for leaving a five-star review. For everyone, I'm Matt Austin, 
And this was good. We'll see you next week.